Welcome to the Placebo Cast. My name is Tony Hugh. And I'm Joseph. Hey Joseph, how's it going today? It's going well, actually. Cool. Not bad. It's it, This is our first podcast in, in, in quite a while. I think it's uh, our yeah. biggest layoff. Every time we record a new podcast, we always have set a new record in terms of, <laughs> of time away from our most recent version. Yeah, yeah. Soon, at this current trajectory, I predict uh, we're going to hit two and a half hours, three hours. It'll be a feature-length movie at this rate. Hey, you know, like I do follow a couple of podcasts, and they typically do go into the one and a half to two hour Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not uncommon. Yeah, true. And during that layoff, I was looking back at some of our podcasts, and I... I probably already told you this before, but I still think that our second podcast is 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 my favorite. <laughs> and really? I don't know, it's just the no- nostalgia it, of like of, content of, wise, or just like quality. I don't know. I, I just well, I, I wouldn't say content wise. I think it's usually quite quite stable or quite consistent. But uh, like, I just felt more entertaining I while, as a listener. I could listen to it multiple times. And it's, I'm not saying that I enjoy listening to the sound of my own voice. <laughs> or maybe I am. Narcissism ahoy, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Right, right, right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm so, glad you feel that way. You know, I hope we can make more enjoyable podcasts as time goes on. Right. God forbid what we end up getting stale and, or plateau in terms of quality, you know. Exactly. Hmm. So, as as a result of our long uh, time away. We're gonna have to summarize everything that has happened in the last several months. I think this and podcast so, might actually do reach three <laughs> hours. If we do that. We'll each say one sentence on each of these topics. Uh, I I've only I already created a, a, a note in uh, Google Keep that I keep. Uh, sorry, I used the pun. Uh, wait, that I maintain for for this purpose, which is just to. You're leaking information to Google, man. You're leaking information to the NSA. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Anyways, so I, let's start with, I guess, the most recent thing. We uh, Yesterday, Google announced their version of, and, of Android for smartwatches, Android Wear. Yes. And it was essentially their first dab in the smartwatch market. They already had their Google Glass, but now they released their own version of Android for, for this new now just device. For, now, just for a quick clarification, they didn't actually release any hardware for it, but rather a exactly. software layer. And right. all the mock-ups of the watches are just purely concept art, right? Or are well, those hardware prototypes? Well, see, that's what I kind of thought, right? When I saw the, the first photos, it was they were partnering, partnering with Mo, Motorola, which they recently sold to Lenovo, right? So it's kind of awkward. Like, was this because they were in the middle of it and then they sold off the company? And that's why it was kind of confusing how, you know, the Motorola and Google connection anyways, but Motorola is building the actual device and then integrating Android Wear into the smartwatch. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, you gotta you gotta ask yourself why did they sell Motorola Mobility to Lenovo in the first place, and um, and then come out with this sort of like whammy into the tech world? You gotta question is like this timing is really really bad. 
Yeah, it does look bad. Although the 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 acquisition hasn't gone com- or hasn't finished completely, but but exactly, it's still yeah. probably going to happen. Yeah. Um, just on the surface of it, it looks kind of bad on Google's part. They they yeah. they're taking a huge loss. They sold. They bought it originally for around twelve billion. Now they sold it for like like a third of that price yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, the entire purpose <clears throat> of I mean, let's be honest here. The entire purpose of purchasing Motorola Mobility was to acquire their massive patent portfolio as right. you know ammunition against the right. ongoing war between uh, Apple, Google, and other tech affiliates, as well as mm-hmm. patent trolls. So, I mean, it wasn't a total loss for Google since they did right. stock up their um, stockpile of patents to fire <laughs> at the at the law. Um, but yeah, I mean, they took like a huge loss. Selling it to Lenovo, uh, people decried Google for uh, not holding on to Motorola and utilizing them to their fullest potential. You know, Motorola X was well received. Motorola G was incredibly well received due to the low price point. Um, you know, the quality of their software. I mean, it was nearly stock Andro- stock Android. Right. But uh, you know, the quality of their uh, Android experience was well received. The hardware. Uh, design was well received. I mean, Google had a lot of potential to um, right. utilize Motorola to, the, I mean, the greatest extent that they could. But then in the end, it was sort of just like a one night stand, I guess. It's like, hey, right. thanks for the patent portfolio. See you later to uh, Lenovo. <laughs> so it's kind of odd. The awkward thing for me, right? The the awkward thing for me is. I do agree. I, I played with the Moto X, the Moto G. It seemed to get a lot of positive reviews, but clearly it didn't sell well. Otherwise, you know, why would Google just disband with them so quickly? You mentioned how they 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 made use of their patent portfolio, and by selling it to Lenovo, does that mean those patents are no longer with Motorola as part of the deal, or does Google somehow? swallowed it up as part of their own portfolio as as far as i know um the only portion of motorola that google did sell the lenovo was the hardware division they did keep the research and development um wing you know and that and along with it a bunch of uh, patents software patents Mm -hmm. hardware patents you name it they got it they didn't really sell it to lenovo as far as i know so I didn't know that actually. So um, I guess with that $2 billion or whatever price it was, maybe it was not an entirety of Motorola. So yeah, it makes more was, sense that way. It's as opposed to say yeah. a full on, you know, buying the entire company yeah. outright. Yeah. yeah, that was a major um, misunderstanding amongst the uh, tech crowd was, yeah. was uh, Google buying Motorola and only to sell it for a loss. I mean, what was the purpose of that? And a lot of people overlooked right. the fact that they had, they didn't sell their massive patent portfolio, which ultimately was the the motive of Google purchasing Motorola Mobility. So, you know, it it, it may have been fiscally uh, uh, damaging to Google, but in the long term, um, you know, shareholders knew that having these patents under their belt would help them in the long term. So that's a lot. That's one fact that a lot of people um, uh, forget to mention when uh, talking about selling Motorola to Lenovo. Exactly. 
So let's switch back to the Android gear or Android Wear. I keep saying Android gear. It's not Samsung. Um, <laughs> and see, the thing I've noticed with smartwatches, most of them are rectangular. Yeah. You you own the Pebble smartwatch, and yeah. I always thought you know making it rectangular makes it more geeky, or maybe it was just a byproduct of of engineering limitations. I'm sure, I'm sure there are some uh, identity uh, factors into. I guess the initial design of uh, the square smartwatches. Yeah. And I guess with the Moto, I think they call it Moto 360, right? And it looks nice. It looks like a normal watch, yeah. of course. Just the only difference is the screen is touchscreen. And the coolest thing, of course, it, it's like using Google Now on your wrist. Yeah. Right. I think my... One major concern that I have in adapting the whole traditional watch metaphor is that the watch metaphor exists as it stands right now for a reason, because it, it, it exists to you know uh, traditionally hold the watch faces in a circular order, you know, because that's how a lot of clocks are uh, traditionally made, and then all the gears and uh, machinery built under the hood are there and then the design sort of encapsulates that uh, design metaphor. But my con a major concern is tr trying to forcefully uh, mesh together a traditional design with analog watches with something as high tech as this. And this is, was a problem with you know smartwatches in general, especially the Galaxy Gear. It, I mean, it was you know power problems. I mean, there's got to be a reason why the Pebble smartwatch um, has an e-ink display. It's because the battery life is significantly better than, let's say, the Galaxy uh, Smart Gear. 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 Smart Gear. Smart Gear. 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 Whatever. Who cares? You know, I mean, the battery life on that is absolutely <laughs> atrocious. And for, and they're sort it of takes taking, pictures though. Yeah, I mean, they're. Thanks for reminding me of that really cringeworthy <laughs> advertisement. But I mean, there's there's a there's there's a problem trying to wedge power-hungry technology into a traditionally non-power-hungry uh, paradigm. I mean, it's like you have watches, they last forever. The band that you keep on your wrist dies before the battery dies. I mean, these watches last like years, decades. Yeah without ever having to service the battery or service the parts. But then you have all these tech, like these smart watches that have all these uh, different points of failure that manufacturers have to address. You know, screen uh, durability, outside durability, physical dimensions, power, and then also uh, usability. And they also have to factor in what, I mean, is it, worse, is it worth purchasing a watch that sure it does all these nice things, but it costs ten times more than what a traditional watch costs. I feel like, um, well, <laughs> well, I, I guess in the luxury watch category, yeah. it's actually relatively cheap yeah. because those types of watches yeah. they could go into the thousands and yeah, yeah. But I think um, a major factor in widespread adoption of smartwatches, because I'm sure they're they're looking for widespread adoption, is not focusing only on the luxury end. They're trying to. They should focus on the broader spectrum, like normal working people that can't afford a four hundred dollars smartwatch or, you know, two hundred dollars diesel watch. 
from their from their local Nordstrom, you know. Right. And I feel like manufacturers are wedging themselves into, are digging themselves into this hole that soon they'll no longer be able to get out of, which is the entire traditional watch paradigm. It's got to be long lasting. It's got to look good. It's got to fit on your. It's got to you know tell you time. And then you got to tack on all these other things to differentiate itself from all the luxury watches. You know, you got to tell the consumer. Hey, you should buy us instead of buying, you know, that diesel watch over there or that Gucci watch or that Dolce and Gabbana watch. You know, we tell time and we do your phone calls and we do it this blah 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 and try to convince them that you know and take by, photos exactly and take photos and you know share with your friends. I mean, and NSA yeah and the NSA botnet. I mean, it's it's a very difficult situation to be in when you're trying to dive into the smartwatch field. And I think Pebble did a very good job. Managing that, um, managing that uh, consumer uh, ideal of this is a, this is first and foremost is a watch that tells time, but also it connects to your phone and also gives you notifications. It helps you out with not having to pull out your phone every time you get an email, you know. And in Pebble, first world I, problems. First, I mean, yeah, first world problems because these are the wa- I mean, smartwatches are inherently first world devices anyways you don't <laughs> well see you're anybody. describing a problem that is very first world oh i yeah. don't want to take out my phone so yeah. i'd rather just yeah. raise my arm up well to my pho- well smartphones are inherently first world as well so i mean well. let's limit <laughs> let's limit our scope let's limit our scope to the first world to united states you know um you have to convince consumers that you want that you should buy this thing because it'll help you out and it's got to be mm. a fashion statement too right. and a lot of watch or smartwatch manufacturers are like wedging themselves between a rock and a hard place that speaking maybe of the pebble, able to get out of speaking of the pebble they they came out with their second version i, yeah. I don't know if we already talked about that before did we the steel or, version yeah the steel version and yeah. i think one of the the highlights was <laughs> going along what kind of going against what you just said was they're more fashion friendly or fashion yeah. first as yeah. opposed to trying to to dispel the notion of it being a geeky product that yeah. only nerds wear. But I mean, of course on the flip side it is more expensive too. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. That's also another problem too is how to appeal to the wider audience rather than appealing to the rich nerdy, you know, right. people out there that can actually afford these kinds of things cuz it all goes down to the widespread adoption. Where right. it's like wearable tech that has existed since the 1990s or the 1980s. The only reason why it's not prevalent is because it was bulky, it was ugly, no one would wear it, no one would buy it. It was expensive, and it never just got widespread adoption. And the same thing could happen with uh, wearable technology, like uh, smartwatches. If it's bulky, if it's expensive, if it only appeals to one certain audience, then it won't get widespread adoption, and it'll be dead the moment it gets set loose. I think the the most exciting part as a just you know as a consumer is that no major company has really solved this problem yet or they haven't really captured this market for yeah. so long and yeah. now for the first time we're seeing like major companies like yeah. Samsung Google uh, I think Sony also has one yeah. and they're all they're all debuting their own versions their first take or maybe yeah. even their second version like with yeah. Samsung so Someone's gonna figure it out sooner rather than later, and yeah. and it's it's only a matter of time before we see that. And I think that dives solely into how crafty these companies, the craftiness of the people these companies have. 
and I think Apple, I mean, as much as I'd love to jump on the Apple bandwagon, but I mean, I think Apple's got some very creative people working in their research and development, their design field. And I mean, it's pretty evident from the release of the Samsung Galaxy Gear that Samsung doesn't have that level of, of creativity and cleverness in well, some of their I think, products. Well, I think Samsung is just a different company. They have a different approach. Yeah. When it comes to product releases, they, I mean, even with their, 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 their S, S4, S5 now, the first couple of iterations weren't even major. They weren't like at the level where it is now with on par with, with the iPhone in terms of sales, right? Yeah. But it took them a couple of generations to get to that. So yeah. now that they've come out with their second version and they're, they're I think they, I think they'll get pretty close to that. Well, I mean, Samsung is what the majority uh, market shareholder for Android devices. Yeah. I mean, that could also that could be based heavily on their advertising and you know how much they push for these devices. But yeah, I mean, Samsung's done some very um, interesting things to capture, <laughs> uh, you know, where they're to be where they are now. Right. And I'm not detracting from what they've done. It's just sometimes I get the feeling that, especially with some of the features that they that come out with, you know, their flagship product releases, <laughs> it's sort of like, sort of like they got wads of of uh, of uh, paper towels and they're just throwing it, well, wet paper towels and they're just throwing it at the wall and see which one sticks, you know, and that that works, but up to a point because you know it, there's there's this notion of if you're first to the market with some brand new idea. And it doesn't do well. You've sort of left an impression on the general public of True. man. When X did, you know, let's say wearable tech. When X did wearable tech, that was just the biggest headache in the world, and you know, it, and everyone hated it. Why should I trust company Y to redo right. company X? Which you know, first impressions are everything. Right. That's true. Well, I guess they they do ha they have established a bit of a track record. You know, with their own smartphone, so many people own that device now. So they, there is a bit of trust when it comes to yeah. a Samsung product. So yeah, yeah uh, well, the the thing I think the other part of the, the thing is is um, smartwatches is not really a mainstream product yet. It's yeah. mostly for the small group of tech nerds or yeah. or people with the money to yeah. to, to to buy these devices. Yeah. It's still a niche product, like the Google Glass. I mean, it's you. It it's only worn by the the nerds, you know, right. the tech savvy ones who could afford it. You know, ones that think, "Wow, this is pretty neat," and all that kind of crowd. But right. that won't be successful in the long term. Right. That won't like hit humanity so hard in the face that we do a complete ninety degree turn in an opposite direction. Right. And what we're the, the 90 degree opposite trajectory that we're at right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the ultimate goal of any product should be trying to, you know, punch humanity in the face and go an opposite, go into an entirely different direction and see where that takes us. And if we continue pushing niche products like the Google Glass and, you know, smartwatches, wearable technology, then and they never appeal to the mass audience, then we're never gonna get that. It'll just be a little blip in history mm -hmm. and then you know, time will continue mm -hmm. forward without them. Right. 
speaking of Samsung, they they started selling or taking pre-orders for their S5 phone. I think it starts at yep. one ninety nine. And you know how Samsung is known for doing their just pushing out a kitchen sink of of features. And I remember reading <laughs> um, that it's waterproof now, or so, or not waterproof. It's water is or waterproof versus water resistant. I think it's water. They, Probably they put water a flat, resistant. Well, well, I think there was this joke that all they did was put a flap cover over one of the ports so and then calling it water resistant or waterproof whatever well technically technically correct is the best kind of correct so i mean sony's been doing water resistance and waterproofing up to 30 minutes with their xperia line of uh, their xperia flagship phones for quite a while now so i'm not right. too surprised that samsung took a cue from sony in developing that speaking speaking water resistant i remember uh there was this video from this company that built this this spray of sorts that yeah. lets you make anything waterproof. So you spray it on your phone and then you just start pouring water and it just flows off of it's it. It's not only it your phone, wanna, right? Or just anything. You yeah. just spray the thing on your yeah. shirt and then yeah. you squirt ketchup all over you and it'll just fall yeah. right off. It's it won't uh, hydrophobic, hydrophobic uh, ah. chemicals, yes. I, I remember seeing that they sprayed all over a, of a, on a boot. And they poured um, like tar on it, and it just flowed, <laughs> flowed right off. It was pretty amazing, but there, you know, there are some limitations of using that. Don't ingest it. Don't, Don't get ingest it. On your it. Eyes. What happens if you get it on your eyes? That's what I've always worried about. Like, oh, I'm man. pretty sure you've got bigger problems. <laughs> that would be really painful. <laughs> Aside from painful, yeah. If if none of your eye fluids could moisten your <laughs> eyes, I'm sure your eyes will dry out and you'll go blind. Oh, it's pretty bad. The first so, reported death with this new product. So immediately ladies, shuts down the company. Ladies FDA, and gentlemen. Why hasn't the FDA shut down the company yet? <laughs> <laughs> it, it specifically states on the can, do not ingest, do not pour on your skin. And your skin includes your eyes. <laughs> We're so not liable covered, for anything you do. <laughs> they're covered by an entire wall of lawyers. So the FDA cannot touch them. And besides, it's not even a food or a drug. So... I'm sure if someone's already tried some, some government that. agency um, yeah. that that reinforces uh, the sale of certain products <laughs> in the U.S. market. I don't know. Yeah, we yeah. we we do have a certain watchdog. I don't. Uh, it's not the FDA. It might be some other corporation or yeah, there's organization. No, there's no judge in the world that would convict that company if they specifically said on the can, "Do not ingest, do not spray on yourself." I'm sure someone has tried, but no judge in the world would convict the company. They probably did. had to test that in 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 the their laboratory, their yeah. product testing. I'm, I'm actually, you know, what, come to think of it, as long as you don't have any cuts on your skin, you can try it. Because I remember seeing this video of this guy who did it on his hands, and he put it in his oh, hands no. and it remained dry. But then, you know, if you have cuts, you're introducing oh. it into your bloodstream, and that probably isn't mm. the best idea. Yeah. Play it safe, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Do not try it. All right, so let's move on to a different topic. Hey, have you read my most recent blog post? Uh, no, not. I haven't. I, uh, I, I perused it, and I saw it was titled something about... It was about the, the book that recently came out about Apple, right? Oh, oh no, oh, no, this something is about Placebo, not, not on... Uh, oh, the Amazon price hike. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes, so you yes. do read. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, the Amazon price hike. I remember saw. I remember I got an email one morning that it was going up to ninety nine dollars. Worst news ever. Oh, I wouldn't call it ever. the worst news news ever because I truly do adore <laughs> Amazon's Prime yeah. service and ninety nine dollars. It's just not something you want to hear in the morning when you yeah. uh, check your inbox. Yeah. I mean, hey, this thing you love is now twenty dollars more. Oh, great! I mean, ninety nine dollars for an entire year is not small change, but it's not an entirely big deal breaker right. to me at least. And I right. share it with the sibling of mine, so uh, she right. pays for half of it. So it's not. Wow. I share it with three different people, and none of them pay me anything. So uh, well, maybe I'm should... too nice. Either yeah. I'm too nice, or uh... <laughs> I think you got to reconsider uh, your pricing plans, there, Tony. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I don't know if I should share this, but I I, I don't mind. You know, I tried selling <laughs> my Amazon Prime. Um, not the subscription, but the, you know how you can share the shipping benefits. I tried selling yeah. that on eBay. Ha. No one, no one took the bait. <laughs> I'm I pretty mean, sure it's it's a huge violation of the the Amazon terms of service. Probably. Hope I don't get an email uh, later on from Amazon saying that my account was <laughs> shut down. But I well, tried I mean, no, and it didn't work. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a big barrier to entry for Amazon Prime service, anyways. Like I said, ninety nine dollars yeah. a year equates right. to eight something a month. Right. You know. I, I see. There has been a bit of a controversy, I guess, or people are a lot of people are saying, "Oh, we're shutting it down." The main reason that I've seen is they don't use Amazon Instant Video or their version of Netflix. Yeah, that's the you know, argument. Why? Right. Why am I paying for something that I never use, and why am I? Why do I have to pay more now for it? Yeah. And I, why don't they separate I have a hard time. two services? Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, why can't they separate them? Is it because Netflix will just look so much better than them as as a standalone service? You know, maybe I just... think that might come into it. I mean, Amazon Video service is not that good compared to Netflix, and if they were to separate the two services. Amazon would have to compete directly with Netflix right. rather than indirectly. It's they could undercut service. them in, in some ways yeah. because of the difference in uh, selection. They could yeah. price it, I don't know, 30% less, uh, 40, 30, 25, I don't know. For right? Prime members? But in yeah. order to compete with it. Make it a discount or something for Prime members as opposed well, I mean, to. In order to compete with Netflix, they'd have to slash, they have to put it priced at around $8 to $10. And forty percent off is only about forty cents, so you mean nine dollars and sixty cents for Amazon Prime Video service compared to ten dollar Netflix? Right, not that big of a well, discount. Right. Well, I, I guess, like you said, they could do it as an add-on to something like Amazon Prime. If you're an Amazon Prime subscri- subscriber, you get this at a discounted rate as opposed to this rate. Yeah. You know? You know, like I said, Amazon Prime Video Service uh, content selection is not that good. So they're, maybe well, they're just afraid of, you know. I think I think it is improving. Yeah. In the, in the last couple of months, I, I started watching a, a, a number or a couple more video or shows and, and movies. Yeah. And a lot more than my first year, I, I, would, I would think. Yeah. And so it is getting better. I think Amazon would rather just rather not torpedo their own services just for the sake right. of reducing Amazon Prime's uh, right. yearly cost. And it's perfectly fine. Most right. people wouldn't care. 
I mean, there are the few vocal minority that's like, ah, oh, trying to gouge us, et cetera, et cetera. Or I'm done, you know, screw you, Amazon. But it's like, these are the vocal minority. Most people don't right. care because they have the money to afford a $20 price hike, which only yeah. equates to, what, less than $2 extra a month. So, yeah. you know, all these complaints are unwarranted. Right. I guess the the other complaint that I've seen is that people have have experienced a a a poor experience with the shipping service itself. That um, USPS or US they use USPS, I believe, yeah, as their primary carrier for our as, sun for especially for Sunday service deliveries. Oh yeah. And so the, people are complaining. Wow, the delivery times are much longer now. It's the the packages are often not that great or something like that, and so well, you why you can't blame that on Amazon, right? They That's ha- unfair. They do have a huge like number of customers that they're shipping towards. Yeah. If if anything, you put the blame on UPS, FedEx, and USPS for damaging or for like poor shipping right. services. You don't <laughs> you don't pin that on Amazon, right? And then which brings up the argument of of uh, our speculation of Amazon becoming their own carrier. They're they're practically Getting their own shipping their, service just just based on just based on their own trajectory they're they're building more warehouses they're they're trying amazon fresh you know their grocery to yeah. your door service yeah. sure it's only in a couple cities but i mean at this rate they might as well be a shipping carrier cut out the middle well man. i mean <laughs> i think it's 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 definitely in the cards but it's very expensive because you'd have to establish the infrastructure across the entire country in order to do that either a build your own infrastructure or b lease it from existing infrastructure which costs they both cost money or by fedex FedEx. yeah or by fedex yeah but then you can't but then again that goes back to you can't blame amazon for poor shipping quality when it's solely on fedex you should just blame fedex for it for you know throwing your your fragile porcelain plasma layer, TV <laughs> plasma TV 10 feet forward onto the concrete floor you, you know you, <laughs> backs I up mean, the truck and it runs it over yeah I mean you can argue that Amazon should be able to pressure the packaging companies into you know better business practices and better service quality but you know in the long run it's not Amazon's fault I can't est- exactly establish uh, blame the thing for that. is the thing is, customers will still blame Amazon anyways because they're buying from Amazon. They're paying yeah. Amazon for this, so so it's it's up to them to to own the entire transaction. Yeah, they're they're asking for vertical integration essentially, yeah. but Amazon's not necessarily the most profitable company in the world. I mean, they only recently became profitable. Well, in the most recent quarter, I think they they actually went back in the red. Well, there <laughs> they you were go. briefly they were briefly in the uh, in the black and then dropped back down and that's why people were like oh no and there then that's go. why they were like they were warning months in advance before the price hike that oh due to increasing shipping costs we might increase Amazon Prime which is a, a way of saying we just will. expect or brace yourself <laughs> <laughs> they're I not going to say oh yeah. shipping costs are really high i don't know what to do about it yeah <laughs> Shipping is a very expensive business. It's a very expensive business. You got the entire continental United States, including the uh, Hawaii and Alaska, 
trying, you know, shipping and the infrastructure necessary to put trucks on the road, buildings, warehouses in proper locations, hiring people to do all those things. Amazon's not necessarily the most profitable company in 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 the world. So, you know, people are people are asking too much of Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I've, they've gotten too complacent, I feel. Well, I wouldn't say complacent because um Remember how back in uh, a couple months ago, they they word came out that they were experimenting with drones, and yeah, and and there was there were say or the CEO Jeff Bezos said that we'll likely see this in three to five years or something like that. It's in the pipeline, but don't yeah. expect it next year. Yeah, you'll and, you'll run into an entirely <laughs> different set of problems and open an entirely different can of worms when you try to go into FAA regulated airspace over the United States. That's what I'm going to tell you right now. I'm pretty ground shipping will be in the, it will still be in the foreseeable future. The most practiced way of delivering packages. I don't think it will replace it outright. I mean, for God's sakes, the drones can't even carry more than what, five pounds or something. So something like that. (laughs) Yeah, so it will it'll be and and I'm sure if you order something from like a drone, you would have to pay double the shipping cost because you get it in 30 minutes Faster. as opposed to in two days. Yeah. So so it's something that is for for certain purposes where oh no, yeah. I want to get milk. Right. So you <laughs> have can pick a it robot deliver it to you. Right. Exactly. Right. Who cares about Amazon Fresh? Who cares about Amazon? Yeah. So. <laughs> You uh, never yeah, need I mean, to leave your house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if people if people prioritize speed over you know cost and yeah, sure, people will, will take drones at the time of the week. Yeah, but like I said, if you're gonna have you're gonna have to deal with an entirely different governmental agency the moment you hit the skies, because the last thing I want on my flight to Hawaii next week is a bunch of drones crossing paths with my plane. <laughs> Speaking of planes, have you heard about the, uh, the Malaysian Malaysia? Airplane. Yeah, yeah. the really bizarre. of the missing plane. Yeah, Really bizarre. Have you heard the different <laughs> theories about it? Well, yeah. First, you know, they, they all thought it was, it crashed. And yeah. some sort of c- catastrophic failure. Yeah. And, and then soon they found out, wait a minute, these, uh, this uh, communications uh, thing was shut down, which indicates yeah. that it was done on purpose so yeah. then people were like oh my god and it wasn't it even <laughs> it wasn't even shut down at the same time they were shut down 15 minutes apart which right. like i used like you said sort of delves into foul play right and then they started looking at every person on that plane from the pilots to yep. the passengers and and yep. i think it's been almost two weeks now since they yep. since it since is the biggest yeah. ocean on ocean's 11 heist in history <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of a little different. Oh, yeah, a, a little different, but I don't know. Yeah. For me, it, it's just kind of, it's almost kind of scary thinking about that. And it, it is. something that is that massive, that carries so many people, suddenly just disappears off the grid. Yeah. And, and with all of our technology, all of our advances, we can't figure out where to find it. It truly is amazing how how Are you scared of flying next or Oh, I'm not scared of flying, but you know, it it's it sort of shows how out of control we we are in some regards. Like we like to think of ourselves as in control of a lot of things. 
And for the most part, we are. But when something like the Malaysian flight disappearing off the face of the earth, you know, it sort of bites you in the back of your head. It's like, man, we, we can't, we can fly a man to the moon, but we can't find this plane. Right. It's kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I do enjoy reading some of the conspiracy theories, though. <laughs> You know, some people, yeah, I mean, some people claim that the plane, you know, rapid decompression, everyone went unconscious, flew seven hours, ran out of fuel and crashed somewhere. Right. We just haven't found it yet. There's also right. theories about hijacking, uh, a chemical release from the cargo bay into the, into the uh, cabin that killed everybody. And hijackers right. took over the plane and flew it to, what was it, what was the trajectory, Kazakhstan? In that direction, the Middle mm. East, and then they're just holding on to it and waiting for. That is know, quite a distance. For, yeah, f- they were flying out from Malaysia. To, yeah, that is. They need to refuel. And, I mean, uh, the the seven seven seven. I'm assuming yeah. it was fully fueled. The seven 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 is built to fly. It I is think. a massive. <laughs> it, is, it is a massive plane, and it was built to fly like fifteen hundred miles. Wow. So, you know, we just haven't found the plane yet. And until we do, um, we just, the only thing we can do now is just to continue searching and hoping for the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. Let's, let's switch uh, focus back to Apple, I guess. They don't really, they, there wasn't a lot of, see, we typically do podcasts we're in the middle, at the... <laughs> we're in the middle of the product release cycle, Tony. It's been a slow, it's been a slow... <laughs> Interim release. So instead, we have to work off of really small news pieces and, and rumors. Let's start with and rumors, of course. The always perpetual rumors cycle. But uh, I guess the first one is the iPhone 5C announcement, which involved a cheaper iPhone 5C, yep. their mid-tier iPhone. And this is not targeted in the U.S. market, but rather in select emerging markets, countries, right? Yeah. Emerging markets. I think UK was in it. I'm not sure if China, China. was in it. I think China, China was China, in it. China, yeah. Australia. So it's just a handful of different uh, countries. And they took yeah. out the, or they removed some of the storage. So now it starts at the bare minimum of eight, eight gigabytes. gigabytes. Yeah. And they, Which after they took the off. OS, you get like 3.7 gigabytes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's, are you they're targeting first? they're targeting this device towards emerging LTE markets, which makes sense because they're trying to get their foot in the door yeah. to uh, establish themselves as like this is the premier LTE device, you know. So, it makes sense. I I think I remember reading something about how they also changed the the um, LTE support or something like it, it. They took out some of that, or, or you 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 just mentioned that, so that's why I remember. remember yeah reading something about that i don't do, do you remember that uh i don't remember any sort of change to the lte um oh. functionality all i know is that they targeted this device for the emerging lte markets yeah it was cheaper i mean apple was never intended what it was never a low-end market capturing company to begin with right. they're just there to establish a foothold and right. hold on to it for as long as possible right See, the interesting thing is with these emerging markets, um, most of them are, I, I remember reading an article about how resellers like, what was that service called? Gazelle, right? They, yeah. the, they buy a lot of iPhones and yeah. 
um, Macs and whatnot. Yeah. And they're tart, and they often take those devices and then re- polish it up, fix it up, and then sell they it. Sell it in, in those markets. Yeah, yeah, and then they they make a nice profit from there. Yep. And so a lot of uh, so it's kind of interesting how they, they they're they're kind of slashing the prices there, but also at the same time there's this growing uh, market for people who are just reselling used devices. Yeah. They're not exactly yeah. premium, you know, top of the line, yeah. but they're still affordable for a lot of those yeah. people in those uh, yeah. countries. Yeah, I mean, for most people, I, I would, you know, I'm assuming China, most people in China wouldn't care if it's a refurb or a new one if the price difference was so substantial. And even right. with the release of the new iPhone 5C, if the price difference is still just a minute difference from the 16 gigabyte version, but it's still a marginally massive difference between the refurb and the new one, sure, the guy's going to always pick the refurb because it's, practically the same right so yeah i mean it's it's the offhand market it's it, people always find ways to make money off of that yeah cool it's no I'm it's no forward. big thorn in it's no big thorn in apple side because they're still they're getting market share out of it and exposure from it so right oh yeah so ios 7.1 came out yes last yep. week or two improvements to lower end hardware right and as a non-iOS owner <laughs> or active owner, it's yeah. it's becoming more difficult to stay up or stay up to date with all the releases. So you're gonna have to um, uh, to all you podcast listeners. I'm shaking my head right now. <laughs> you disappoint me, Tony. I honestly do not know what has changed except for bug fixes, whatever that I, means. <laughs> we were supposed to hold Apple solidarity, right. Tony. So now you just left a- me in the dust. <laughs> Right, so what has changed in 7.1? Uh, visual changes, including different icons for the, especially the biggest visual change was icons for the call scene. I mean, rounder, more uh, uh, consistent design. I mean, there were, like you said, bug fixes, performance fixes for older devices like the iPhone 4. I remember reading about massive performance increases on iPhone 4s running 7.1 as opposed to running the previous version 7.0.6. You know, again, just feature, well, not not feature upgrades, but more just fixes. Refinements, yeah. Yep. It wasn't a major upgrade, but it definitely was substantial. Hmm. It's It's no iOS 8. So. Have there been any rumors about iOS iOS eight yet? What, uh, have you, what have you heard so far? Biggest one is health book. Health book. Yeah, app the signal of Apple's foray into the smartwatch, the wearable technology. I don't want to call it smartwatch, right. the wearable technology field. Right. Yeah. And I it's know interesting. In, the, in their 5s, they 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 integrate that um that that that. Internal M7. hardware piece M7, yeah, the motion M7 processor. M7 motion co-processor, yes. Have you used it for any anything lately, or, or what do you um, use it for? So far? Not that I'm aware of. I don't know of any applications that I use. I know um, Nike has an app for that. Yeah, or, <laughs> I don't. They, I'm they, not. If there are any apps that I use that uses it, I'm not consciously aware of it. Yeah. Cool. So it's a neat You've feature, walked- but. You've yeah. walked 100 steps today. Oh yeah, new record. <laughs> oh yeah, back to the computer. 
I mean, walk I, to, it's just w- not a walk priority. Walk to fridge, man. walk back. <laughs> it may work for some people, but it's just not a priority for me. Yeah. Aside from like fitness, I don't see the use of the M7 in in my life, at least. So, but yeah, I always say it my, largely secretive as usual of Apple. They're mm-hmm. expecting they're expecting an iPhone six soon. You know. "Quote unquote soon," so that's yeah. always something to look forward to. See, we're in like the middle of a product release, which sucks because there's nothing to talk about about regarding Apple because it's just so secretive. You could always you could always right. talk about rumors. You could talk endlessly. Throw us a bone, rumors. Apple. <laughs> yeah, you know. We're desperate send here. Send me a send me a pre-release unit to review. You know, <laughs> but you know it's it. We're in the middle of a we're in the middle of a dry cycle. You know, so there's nothing. Samsung about. would disagree with that. <laughs> well, Samsung, I'm sure Samsung looks very deeply into Apple rumors. <laughs> See, the thing is, I always found it odd how typically the release cycle for Apple in terms of their iPhone is in the, you know, hol- running up to the holiday season. But now Samsung is sort of like on the curtails of the yeah. holiday season, more in these months. Like the that. spring, the, the, the transition from winter to spring, they first announce it in the beginning of the year and then yeah. they, you know. They're trying to misalign it, it from Apple because we all know Apple news trumps every other tech news on the planet. <laughs> And they're trying only in to, our world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're trying to they're trying to mitigate some of that uh, yeah. that noise by releasing new products before them. A side effect of this is Samsung can claim we were the first ones to do this. Blah 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 blah. Beginning I mean, of it, the year, <laughs> it gives fuel to the Android uh, fan base, the fanatical uh, part of the. Are fan you talking base. about me now? <laughs> I don't think you're fanatical yet, but when you start messaging me about essential, I on 10 reasons why Android's better than iOS, then I might have to reconsider. <laughs> More to come. <laughs> More to come, yeah. A year from now, Android. My, my, new, my, my new blog post. <laughs> yeah, how to, uh, how to customize Android to be like iOS without paying the iOS premium, yep. 10 reasons why Android is better than iOS. <laughs> uh, that day comes, Tony, I've lost, I'll lose faith in you. We're supposed Ten to be reasons Apple why buddies. Apple has lost its touch. <laughs> Ten reasons why Apple's doomed to failure. Apple is doomed. Their stock Part price 20. drops 2%. <laughs> on, our, on our ongoing uh, series that will never end. <laughs> until Ten the, reasons to, why until Samsung, the end of... Ten reasons why Samsung devices are the best devices on the planet. Oh, man. The day that comes, Tony, is the day, the day I'm going to have to shove some Apple products in your face and... Tell, and Remind you why Apple is good. And I will accept it gladly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, so I want to move on to a different topic. I have. Okay. Let's. How about one more? No more? Okay. One one quick one. Today is Twitter's eighth birthday, and they release a tool called Really? It's your first tweet. I had no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> what? You don't keep I don't track fa- of these I don't things? I don't keep track of Twitter, you know. Twitter's just a neat neat place for me to catch it, my favorite people saying things, but I just don't understand right. Twitter aside from that. Well, yeah, I, I just saw, you know, a quick news article, but uh, as a part of celebrating this this uh, birthday, they released a tool called What Was Your First Tweet? How do you Amazing. go to the, how do you do the first tweet? 
well, they have a website. I think it's called discover.twitter.com slash, oh, I don't know if there's a hashtag, but it might be first tweet, but don't, don't you might- I'm doing might it right well now. It. I, right, wanna, I wanna see it right wanna, now. We're gonna hear oh. it. <laughs> it was it? a it was a quote from uh, it was a quote from the Prince of Bel Air theme song. Uh, four years, no, not four, four years ago. Oh wait, no, you found no, it. no, six years ago. Oh, read it, yeah. read it to us. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, shooting some b-ball outside of the school. Cause you know the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Wow. Now this is a story <laughs> all about how my life got twisted upside. Down. Oh my. Oh, why did you have to tell me about this? It's embarrassing. This is embarrassing. This is. <laughs> the future is terrifying when I can pull up history from my younger self and cringe at the fact that I did this. See, see the best part about this is you can access anyone's first tweet as long as it's a public profile oh, man. oh my <laughs> let me God. let me read you mine so failed my behind the wheel test because of some stupid ambulance july 9th <laughs> that 2009 was, that was fairly normal that's fairly normal actually yeah. Yeah. a lot of my earlier tweets are just joke tweets because i really didn't understand the concept of tweeting what is a twitter is this how you tweet how does one tweet <laughs> <laughs> I am eating a donut. Yeah, I am on the blue. toilet. <laughs> I but am yeah, on the toilet and making lunch. This is, ha, huh. the future truly is terrifying. It's big data, ladies and gentlemen. Be careful what you post on the internet because you could have this utility and check what you post. <laughs> There's gonna be some well, derivative of this utility. <laughs> Don't try deleting it because they have copies all over the planet. Yeah, NSA knew what you posted in 2008, your first tweet. They knew before you even hit that tweet button. <laughs> now they know that I'm a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air terrorist. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. well. Well, that was an interesting tidbit. I had not known that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Well, it was nice talking to you, Joseph. Hopefully Same here. Sooner rather than later again. Yep. And uh, talk to you again. Yep, same here. All Thank right. you for listening, listeners. All right, we'll see you in the cast.